Local Content Podcast, your go-to source for content creation, strategy, and business inspiration. I'm your host, Mel Daniels, content strategist, coach, and speaker, empowering women across the globe to grow their business with powerful content that connects, nurtures, and converts. So if you're ready to create standout content that gets you noticed and remembered, or build an aligned audience who love you and are ready to buy from you, you're in the right place. I believe that content has the power to connect us all. It's up to you how you use it. Listen in for genuine and insightful chats with guests, as well as practical tools and strategies from me. It's so lovely to have you here. Let's dive into the show. Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 68 of the Powerful Content Podcast. I hope you're well today. Now, I bet this topic isn't one you expected from me, a content strategist, but here I am letting you know why I don't think spending time defining content pillars is useful and why I'd also ditch the entertain, inspire, educate type approach to social media and... I'm going to give you what you should do instead. So if you've been hanging out on the podcast for a while, you might just have an inkling as to what this answer is, but I'm going to share the details with you shortly. So first of all, let's dive into what are content pillars anyways. So traditionally, content pillars are the main topics or themes or buckets that your content revolves around. They really become that foundation of your content strategy and can help you to create a cohesive and consistent message across all of your channels. Now, predominantly they're used for social media to help you come up with ideas on what to post, but you can use them for email marketing as well as your core content, your blog, your podcast, or your video. Now, most content marketers will tell you typically to find out what your pillars are to go back into your insights and see what's worked well, what's been getting the most engagement and reach and then determine your buckets or pillars based on that information. You kind of then end up with about three to five pillars or themes that can actually help you drive your content creation. I'm not going to tell you that though. <laughs> the other approach to content creation and in particular, probably more social media is using the types of content as your driver. So like I mentioned before, it might be the educate, entertain, inspire, or teach, share, show, or you may have even heard to give value, value, value promo. Or you may have even been told that specific mediums of content are best to follow. So you might post a video and then a photo and then text and repeat that over and over again. There is an absolute definite advantage to this approach. And I'm not saying that you should just disregard it. If it sits well with you, then definitely explore the options. But the advantage is obviously that it can help you become more consistent as you know what type of content create and consistency is a good thing. I am never going to tell you not to be consistent or do something that's going to help you be consistent. It could really help you get into a rhythm and increase your authority on one of your designated pillars. But having said this, I don't really want you to use either method at all. And it really comes down to a few reasons. The first is I think it's way too restrictive. It absolutely breaks my heart when I see business owners get stuck with working out what their pillars are 
before their creation even starts. So content creation is hard enough without boxing yourself into creating content within certain topic areas. I don't want you to disregard an idea that you have or something that you really feel called to share with your audience simply because it doesn't fit into a bucket or a pillar that you've been told that you need to have. And I know that my beautiful free spirit content creators will be cheering right now because anything that's restrictive or stops their flow of content creation is not something that they want to be part of. And quite frankly, it's not something that I want to be part of either. And if you want to know what your content creator archetype is, make sure you go and take the quiz. It's quick, it's fun, and it's going to help you tap into your strengths and identify your weaknesses when it comes to content creation. Given that almost 50% of people who take the quiz end up being free spirits, it's a big deal to make sure that you give yourself as much creative freedom as possible. We want to encourage the creativity, not squash or restrict it. So I want you to be open and curious when it comes to content creation, not closed and quick to disregard any ideas simply because something doesn't fit into a box. Now, the second reason that I don't love these approaches is the pressure. I'm all about business without pressure, without the shoulds and the must-dos that must be executed precisely in order for you to succeed. Having these restrictive boundaries puts additional pressure on your content creation process. And I don't know about you, but that's something I definitely do not need in my life. It's hard enough as it is to come up with ideas. So let's not put the pressure on ourselves for it to fit neatly inside a pillar or a bucket. There's things that our ideal client need to hear from us that aren't always on script or perfect. So let's not dampen our ability or our desire to share whatever we want and need to share. And the last reason I don't love these approaches and probably the most important reason is it's not strategic. Whilst content pillars can help you come up with ideas for your content, I don't believe that they are in any way strategic. If you are following a formula of, let's say, educate, inspire, entertain, how is that taking your ideal client through a journey with you? It's not. If you're following this prescriptive formula, in my eyes, you're simply creating content for content's sake. And I I really don't want that for you. You have limited time in your life and business as it is. So wasting it is heartbreaking. It's true that your ideal client may be educated and they may be inspired and they may just be entertained, but is that taking them from not knowing anything about you all the way to becoming a raving paying client? Unlikely. Yes, those types of posts may feature in your social media, but they shouldn't be the sole driver of what you create. Can you see where I'm coming from here? There's a big difference between following a prescriptive formula and having a framework that you can adapt as you need to. So the question is, what's the solution? What's the solution, Mel? If I don't want you to use content pillars, what should you use instead? Well, the first thing that I want to say here is that when you understand the possibilities that you create in your client's life, This is going to be one of the most powerful drivers of strategic and purposeful content. I was speaking to one of my beautiful new members of the content effect the other day and being a planner archetype like myself, she finds it very difficult to step away from the facts and the things 
to talk about what we've playfully labeled the fluff. (laughs) FYI, it's not really fluff. It just helps my beautiful planners get their head around the concept of what most content marketers call the transformations you provide for your ideal client. So knowing what your ideal client will be, will do or have as a result of downloading your lead magnet, buying your thing, listening to your podcast, watching a masterclass, whatever the call to action may be, is going to be a huge driver in the content that you create. Then the only other thing I ever want you to care about when creating content is understanding the client journey. It's the framework to use for powerful, for purposeful and strategic content. And if you want to know how to use it specifically with social media, go back to episode eight, simple social media plan sorted to find out how to apply it to your social media strategy. But in essence, it's about covering the four phases of connect, subscribe, nurture and convert. So it doesn't matter what you're creating, whether it's your core content of a blog, podcast, or video, whether it's emails, lead magnet, social media, whatever it is, always understanding how it fits into your content ecosystem and how it's leading your ideal client on a pathway that takes them to conversion is the key. Typically, the types of content you create fall into different phases of the client journey. So as an example, core content is great for the connect and nurture phases. Email marketing deals with the subscribe and nurture if it's automated and nurture and convert if it's regular emails. And social media is one of the very few pieces of our content ecosystem that can reach across all phases of the client journey. So instead of using pillars or buckets, I want you to think about using the client journey. Super simple, but super strategic and making sure that you don't waste your valuable time creating content that has no purpose. And the best thing about using the client journey is that it is a framework. It is a framework that you can implement as and when you need to. So say, for example, you're going through a launch phase of your business. You will be more focused on the nurture and the convert sides of your client journey. So that will drive your content creation. If you're not in launch phase and you're finding that you're really great at connecting with your ideal client, but they're not getting on your email list, then you can use that as your driver. You can create more subscribe and nurture type content. Something I want to point out here is that the step we need to take before we even jump into the creation piece using the client journey is to know what we can talk about. This is why the first step to consistency and visibility is always to be prepared. Preparing involves getting all of the ideas out of your head and onto paper so you can start using them in your planning phase, which is the second phase. This really non-restrictive and open practice of simple (laughs) non-judgy brainstorming helps you to be open to all the possibilities when it comes to your content, not just your designated pillars. And this is important. So going back to the reasons of why I don't want you to use your pillars so it's restrictive, puts pressure on us and isn't strategic. By loosening the invisible restrictions we place on ourselves, we open our eyes to all the possibilities, which becomes so exciting and so freeing. 
Being prepared is one of the very first trainings that I encourage members of the Content Effect to complete as it really sets them up for an entire year of content creation. Yes, an entire year. (laughs) If you'd like to get your hands on this exact training so you can come up with ideas for your business, go and grab my masterclass for just 37 Aussie dollars. It's a resource that you can come back to time and time again as you, your ideal client, your business shifts, The link to get your copy is in the show notes. So here's the summary of what I want you to take away from today's episode. The first thing, I don't want you to use pillars. I don't want you to use them because they are restrictive. They put pressure on you and they are not strategic. The second thing is instead, I want you to have a really clear idea of the possibilities that you create for your ideal client in their life and create your content all your content through the lens of the client journey. Think about where you need to focus in that client journey and create strategically for that phase. And the last thing is to take this a step further and understand all the things you could talk about in the client journey. A simple brainstorming activity can get all of those ideas out of your head and onto paper. And if you'd like to know how, head on down to the show notes. I really hope that this has given you some insight into how I love to create content and how I encourage my members and clients to create as well. So make sure you check the show notes for all the links to take my content creator archetype quiz and purchase the year's worth of content ideas masterclass. Talk soon. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for another week. To get more powerful content in your life, make sure you're following along on socials. My handle is at Meld Business. And just in case you're wondering, the groovy music for this podcast was created by Just Here on SoundCloud. I'd also be super grateful if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast so more amazing women like you can experience the power of content. And if you're like, hell Mel, stop talking. I'm ready to work with you now. Here's how we can work some powerful content magic together. Firstly, come and join the Content Effect, my membership inspiring women with service-based businesses to ditch the content chaos and start creating standout content that gets you noticed and makes sales. You can join us by using the link in the show notes or just Google the Content Effect. The second way we can work together is via my one-on-one packages. We can create a sustainable content strategy or start to build out your client journey. It's up to you. Hop on over to meldbusinessservices.com.au forward slash services to find out more. Until next time, have a beautiful week and embrace the power of your content.